Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Draymond's got nothing left. <laughs> he doesn't. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Hour number two, Willard and Dibs. You heard that rejoin from Brian and Palo Alto, and we may have some BPA action coming up here in mere moments. But, Kyle, you know this about me. I'm a big believer in bros before phones. So before I even go to my (laughs) homie, Brian and Palo Alto, I will get your thoughts on the Golden State Warriors coming off a pretty ugly loss, 124 to 111. Yes, no Wiggins. Yes, no Steph. But it was just the way that game went and the the fact that there was never a whiff in the second half that the Golden State Warriors were going to win that basketball game. Yeah, it just looked lackluster. Like they they looked like a team and I joked they lacked luster. There was there was luster to be had and they just lacked it. True. So, I said in the I said jokingly in the green room before the show like, man, this team needs the All-Star break bad. <laughs> it's pretty like, funny. That's how, that's how it looked. And yeah. that's just not like you'd expect, okay, Draymond's going to flip the switch, and Clay's going to flip the switch, and hey, they're going to get a locked-in Jordan Poole tonight. And they just didn't. Like, I'm not going to put it on Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome. Like, those aren't, they're not everyday NBA players, but they're being treated like such. The real issue is the Warriors stars are not playing like stars. Right, and in a time where you need them to step up and play yes. like stars because you are missing two of your biggest stars. And, and it, no, I'm with you in that, and this is something that Steiny said, thank you, John, in terms of like the blame game. You can't blame Jerome, Lamb, and the rest of the second stringers right. for the fact that you're not good enough to beat the Lakers. This falls on the top-line guys. And that's why, that's why I push back against this idea that, like, oh, this switch, they're just going to flip and it'll be fine. Now's the time, dude. You're the 10 seed with 23 games left. The switch needs to be hit. And they've not done it. And the fact that the, that, that urgency is not there leads me to believe that it's, there's nothing to, there's no switch. Like they're looking for it and it just, they can't find it. And the switch would have been flipped coming out of the locker room last night where you fought so hard to get that game back right. to a three point deficit because it was looking a little bit, unsightly in the second quarter, but you closed, and you got it within three. You go to the locker room, and you figure, okay, here's where we come out and mm-hmm. make a push to stay in this game, make a game of it, but the Lakers go on a 20-7 to run, and they go up by 16 midway through the third, and from that point forward, it never felt like it was a game again. And that's that. the, the reason they closed the second quarter the way they did, they got a couple of stops, and they got a couple of Jordan Poole threes, and a Jordan Poole and one. It's like, there the, there's the offense. But that's it. That's the offense. That's all they've got right now. And if Jordan Poole is not doing that, they need that from Jordan Poole 35, 40 minutes a night, night in and night out, as long as Steph is out, to have a chance. And then when Steph comes back, they need that from Jordan Poole 30 minutes a night. Right. 25, 30 minutes a night. And they just, they, they just, the, it's pushing a boulder up a hill. And I just don't know that they have the strength to get it all the way. Jordan Poole, 3 of 13, 16 points. He was a minus 16 in 29 minutes. And uh, we're going to go to the phones in a minute here, 888 I put this out on Twitter, and I would love to hear fans weigh in on this question because the Warriors right now have a 4% chance 
to win the NBA title based on the odds and the implied probability. And they also have about a 4% chance of getting a top four pick in the NBA draft via the lottery. Which would you rather see the Warriors get? A lottery chance at a top four pick? Or you make it into the play-in game and you've got a 4% chance to win a championship? 888-957-9570. Love to hear you weigh in on where you see this Warriors team right now with 23 games left to go. Let's go to the phones. Brian in Palo Alto. What's going on, BPA? Hey, guys. Got a couple points. Uh, Dibs, you know, like obviously you and uh, you and Kerr and others have been railing against, God, just no interest in the buyout market. None. Can't upgrade the roster. Nothing could be better than Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome. And I mean, I mean, Lamb at this point is, uh, he's an embarrassing player to watch. And they need, they need, I mean, they need a guy there. Draymond and Clay can't do it by themselves. They never could by themselves. They need a lot of help around them at this point for older in their career. And I mean, we are desperate for NBA caliber players on, in the rotation that we're playing two two way guys that are, I mean, I, I, I watched Ty Jerome. Yes, he's not a terrible offensive player. He is one of the worst on-the-ball NBA defenders I've ever seen. It's a guaranteed blow-by turnstile. Anthony Lamb, combination help side defense on the ball, awful. And so, like, in the, I mean, you can say, hey, PBJ or Moody or whatever. At this point, like, there's not a lot of options. Well, what were their options in the buyout market, Brian? And this is where you and I are going to be at odds because Patrick Beverly said no thanks. Kevin Love went elsewhere. Where was the big option in the buyout market that they could have capitalized on? Well, it's called desperation, right? It's like, hey, what we have isn't enough. I don't know that we can fix it. In the buyout market, it's do I give a you-know-what to even try to even try, they made no effort, right? And look at these other teams. They are hungry. They are aggressively attacking trades and buyout. Everybody else was very interested in the buyout market, every other contender. And we have Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome, who are turnstiles defensively. And we just like, nah, can't do it. No interest. Uh, nothing could be better than them. And, like, we're at a point where it's like we don't have NBA-caliber players in the rotation. Kuminga is in total regression. And, by the way, I've been saying this for a while, and everyone's like, you're crazy, dude. Dude, title, championship, no. Anyways, have a great day, Dips. Thanks, B. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. I love weekend. his sunny disposition. No, always, he's always uh, been known for his, uh, his sunny disposition. Sunny D. Sunny Delight, Brian, in uh, Palo Alto. They? they were in on Patrick Beverly. So I don't think that you can look at the team and say you turned your back on the buyout market. I don't think Kevin Love was the answer. I don't think Kevin Love was coming here. Patrick Mm -hmm. Beverly, you were in on Patrick Beverly, and he chose to go somewhere else. He chose to go home to a team that is in a similar spot as you in terms of its playoff potential. So I can't blame the Warriors for not being active in the buyout market. Now, if you want to blame them for trading James Wiseman and getting nothing mm-hmm. in return, I think that is is, is a fair thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now, they obviously didn't think that, well, maybe they didn't realize that Gary Payton II was damaged when they acquired him, but I get the sense that they wanted off of James Wiseman and his money so bad they were willing to roll the dice on an injured guy. And that's right. not good. That's, that, it's actively bad. So, a couple things. I... I think the I don't think Brian's necessarily wrong in the idea of yeah hey uh, desperation go do anything try anything but he also said that they don't have enough and I don't think the Warriors believe they don't have enough necessarily like I think that if they are going to win a championship nothing on their roster like they're going to have Steph back and Andrew Wiggins and they're hoping to have GP two back. Their their hump between a championship and not a championship is is not overcome by Will Barton. Like does that does that make sense? Like if Absolutely. they're not winning a title, their issue goes beyond anything that's necessarily going to help. So okay, could 
could Will Barton minutes instead of Anthony Lamb minutes? And keep in mind, we all know how hard this offense is to play in and how hard this defense is to be a part of. There would be an integration period, sure. and it would take him a few weeks just to get up to speed where Steve Kerr feels comfortable playing that player 25 minutes well, a And that would be assuming that Steve Kerr would ever feel comfortable playing exactly. that player. And Steve Kerr does love his veterans more than he loves yes. his young players, and that's why the Gary Payton the second trade makes sense on the surface because you know that he can play the system, Mm -hmm. you know he can defend, and you also know that Steve Kerr believes in him. He won a championship with Gary Payton II. So take out the injury on the GP2 acquisition, and I actually liked it, Kyle, and I I said so with Mark here on Willard and Dibbs because he's exactly what they need. You and I talked about it. On-ball defense, high IQ offensively. He can knock down a corner mm-hmm. three. He's not going to be an offensive sink in terms of a guy who needs shots, but he's unable to get on the floor. And now you got Steph Curry, who's been unable to come back, and Andrew Wiggins with a personal absence, mm-hmm. unable to play. So you look at this team right now, and we can all pick our favorite five-man lineup from last night, sure. and everyone was tweeting out, like, oh my God, Looney and Green and Lamb and, and Poole and Jerome and all the rest of it. They don't that, have enough talent right now, so all of this is a moot point. Read that, read that lineup again, please. Well, I don't know if they all played together, but there was a moment where it was Lamb and Jerome, and it was Looney and Poole, and it might have been Kaminga in there as well, but Right now, if if you ask Steve Kerr, truth serum, who on your team do you really believe in in terms of putting him out there in big moments to do big things? Mm-hmm. Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Kavon Looney, end of list. And I, I'm not totally positive, but I think you got to play with five guys in an NBA game. We can check on that. We'll get our we'll get our Thank research you. team on that. Our crack Here's, staff or our staff so, on crack, one of the two. So our. Our boss, our our, our oh, PD, uh, Matt Nahagian, tweeted look, this last night. Look, look, look. This at is my a Twitter. lineup. This is a lineup that was that's literally what he said to me when we were talking earlier. Before you go on the show, look, look, look at my feed. Anthony Lamb. Win the big tweets. <laughs> Thank you. Anthony Lamb. Yeah. Kavon Looney, Ty Jerome, Jordan Poole, Jamichael Green. Anthony Lamb is not I is probably look, look, look at the team when that was on the floor. Anthony Lamb is probably not an NBA player next year. Ty Jerome, unless it's with the Warriors, is probably not an NBA player next year. Jamichael Green might be out of the NBA next year. That's three players. Yeah. Who next year are probably not going to be in the league. Yeah. And they're on the floor at the same time in the middle of a playoff race. Like that is just right. a fundamental issue with this team. But and this is where I'm going to defend Steve Kerr and triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. We would love for you to weigh in on all these questions as it pertains to the Golden State Warriors. Can Steph and Wiggins fix this? Is this team done? How disappointed are you coming out of the All Star break? Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. There's. A, I'm just trying to slow okay, play boy, all your it? great questions. How much time we got? For we got a lot of great questions on there, but. To my point about Steve Kerr, he looks at his team. He played 11 guys last night. And of the 11, there's only three guys, three and a half if you add in Jordan Poole, who Steve Kerr can honestly look at and say, yep, I can win with you. You're my guy. Remember Jordan Poole last year in the playoffs? There was times when he was unplayable, Mm -hmm. where Steve Kerr didn't feel like he could play Jordan Poole in high-leverage moments. And you know... That Kaminga is a young player, and he's going to learn right. and grow. Dante Adivincenzo, he's a nice player. By the way, he's going to opt out when you look at his contract. He's getting more than $4 million next year. Yes, But Divincenzo, he's never been in these high-leverage moments either. So you're in a spot, if you're Steve Kerr, where you look down your bench and you've got no answers. No, and that's, that's another point of contention, I think. Another point of frustration is... The Warriors right now are not playing well, and they're not even like playing for the future. It's just guys existing on an NBA court and chewing up minutes. Yeah, and that's I think the frustration with Moses Moody and Patrick Baldwin. They each get ten minutes, and it's garbage time. So when I look at it, you're if you're Steve Kerr, and maybe I get I get that he might look at Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome and go, those two players give us a better chance to win. Than at, with 25 minutes a night, than Patrick Baldwin Jr. That's absolutely what he believes. Okay, and that's fine, and I get that, 
and and he it's sees, his prerogative, Bobby Brown. He knows he has forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever know. He sees practice every day. I'm not smarter than Steve Kerr. I'm not trying to say that. Okay, but I'm glad you said that's better coming from you than as it is from me. Thank you. Yeah, it would have been insulting coming from me. <laughs> exactly. It would have been mean spirited. Totally. But <laughs> I'm my biggest hater. So I I I as a fan look at that and go, dude. If you're gonna lose by twenty anyway. Or 13. If you're going to lose by double digits anyway, I'd rather see Patrick Baldwin Jr. for 25 minutes. I'd rather see Moses Moody for 25 minutes. And maybe if they do that, they lose by 40. But dude, a loss is a loss is a loss. And then at least in in the instance where your younger guys are playing 25 minutes, you're seeing what you've got for next year and beyond. But right now they're just they're they're wasted roster spots. And I and I hate that because you're watching two-way players who are not going to be a factor for the Warriors down the road playing over two guys that could very conceivably be factors for the Warriors right. down the road. They're not that's, there that's yet. That's why this is hard to but watch. But they're not there yet. And Steve Kerr is not there yet because in Steve Kerr's mind, playing PBJ sure. and Moses Moody all those minutes is really waving the white flag. I do want to respond to the YouTubers uh, and follow us at uh, YouTube slash 957thegame. Didn't Dante DiVincenzo win a ring with the Bucks? Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. He played three playoff games, and he averaged uh, 23 minutes a night in those playoff games, and he scored 2.7 points a night Dominant. in the playoffs. So yes, Dante DiVincenzo did earn a ring. Patrick McCaw has three rings, just in terms of... Uh, <laughs> The conversation. We got full phones, Kyle. Let's go to Sam in Atherton. And I think Sam wants to play the blame game. Hey, Sam, what are you doing? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Great. Doing great. Great. So, um, yeah, I totally agree with your point that they weren't getting anything off the buyout market that would have made any difference. Patrick Beverly or Kevin Love, that wouldn't have fixed their votes at all. I think they were defeated from the, uh, this past off season, where they didn't even try to improve because their only objective was the young players would take such giant leaps this year that they wouldn't even need to. And say what you will about Steve Kerr, it was clear in the first seven, eight games when he played and we went 0-7 or whatever it was, that was not going to happen no matter how much Steve Kerr played them. That just was not going to happen. And so now you're in a situation where Wiggins isn't pay- playing up to his cap Poole isn't giving you much as he did last year with how much money he's getting. Clay isn't doing that. So this offseason, if Draymond were to decide to leave, what do you have? Like, you're still over the cap, so you can't sign anyone. Right. So you can only trade. And yeah. what are you going to trade? Poole and Wiggins. That's it. Clay isn't tradable. And if Draymond stays, you're still over the cap. And what, how are you going to improve? Just with mid-level exceptions and Better minimums? Yeah, and rookies. Not happen, yeah. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate the phone call. And uh, we've got everyone, a lot of people who want to talk. I guess the hope is if Draymond really wants to leave, he would do you a solid and do the sign and trade because then you could replace his salary right. slot, much like when Kevin Durant went, which begat D'Angelo Russell, which begat Andrew Wiggins, which begat another championship. Right. But would this- Draymond Green do you that solid? I mean, I. I can't imagine that he wouldn't. If he had a team saying, hey, they want me, they want me for three years and $70 million. could you do a sign and trade? I think he would do it for Bob Myers. Interesting. I don't think he would do it so for if Bob bows Kirk out, Lakeham. then, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. That's because that's, he and Bob, he's always talked about he and Bob are guys. Can if Bob get some mother father credit? It's, <laughs> right. If it's Bob Myers walking up and going, Draymond. Like, we know what this is. Business, business. Can you help us out? Right. I think Draymond would be much more amenable to that than if it's, like I said, random, random guy. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I mean, it'll be interesting in the offseason, but uh, the caller makes a good point about how this team gets better. Let's go to Joe in Walnut Creek. Joe's weighing in on where this season is. What's going on, Joe? What are you doing? All right, now I'm driving to my truck. What are you doing? I'm sitting here enjoying a Friday with uh, a man who shares a birthday with me, and uh, mm-hmm. we're picking through the wreckage of another tough Warrior loss. I hear you. Hey, look, the, if you ask the Warriors whether they're done or not, they're going to tell you, no, we're not done, but they need to be done. That team is not going to go anywhere in the playoffs if they're fortunate enough to get there, and the reason is because of an absolute fail on developing their young players. 
They have four first-round draft picks on that team, if you count Wiseman. you got Kaminga, Moody, PJB, and Wiseman, and they either refuse to develop or those players have not developed to the potential that they should, and that blame goes on the coaching staff. I could see a scenario where they don't make the playoffs, they lose Bob, Steve Kerr leaves, and they hire a coach that can develop young players because Kerr is not the guy to do that. He's never going to do it, and the Warriors are going to be in purgatory unless they make some tough decisions moving forward. And I don't know that the brass that's there now has the brass to actually make those tough decisions. Great call, Joe, on the double brass reference. And you forgot Jordan Poole in terms of first-round draft picks. And uh, Jordan Poole has developed. And so if you're not going to give him credit for the other guys, you do have to give them credit for Jordan Poole. I want to push back on the idea that Steve Kerr can't develop young players. Steve Kerr has never been in a position to develop young players. Like He's just never been in a spot where it's been like, yeah, let's play James Wiseman 30 minutes a night for 82 games because the Warriors have been too damn good the entire time he's been here. And that's the thing about developing young players. If you are Detroit, and James Wiseman, by the way, is the sixth youngest player on the Detroit Pistons. (laughs) When you look at their roster, they've got a ton of 19, 20, and 21-year-olds, and then they've got James Wiseman. So Ancient. James Wiseman now gets to play, and he's had two eh Okay games. If he continues to have this sort of trajectory, are we going to say that Detroit developed him because they threw him out on a garbage team and let him play basketball? This whole idea of developing young players, Kyle, you're exactly right. You can't develop young players when you're trying to win a championship because you can't allocate the minutes without kicking away games. Right. And people might point to, like, Kawhi Leonard. That was a one in a million, like... That just doesn't happen. Threading that needle of developing a young player, and that was one player. The Warriors were trying to get a big man in there, and Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. Like it just, I, I maybe Steve Kerr can't develop young players, but I'm just not there in saying that he can't because he's just never been in a rebuild. He stepped into a team that had gone to the playoffs twice and took the Lob City Clippers to to a game seven, yeah. and the previous year took the Spurs six games. Like they've just never been bad. And you've won four championships, so I'm going to go ahead and give him a pass. Even if he hasn't been able to develop young players. I'm not! Yeah, exactly. Four <laughs> chips since he's been there. I'm going to go ahead and give him a pass. Rye four Rye, chips, no blue chips. That's right. It's not bad. Shout out to uh, Nick Nolte. Rye, mm-hmm. Don't look at the camera. It wasn't good enough for a camera Fire look. Kyle right now. Rye Rye in San Francisco. What's going on, Rye Rye? What are you doing? Oh, man, sitting here in the rain, freezing. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, bro. Uh, but also, Same. But also um, I, I don't, I, I'm a big Warriors fan. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs this season. I'm not trying to look at it as a bad way, but it's just the honest truth. And when we're playing players like this, and and, and no shades him, because he's a finals MVP, too. But we, we signed Andre Iguodala the entire year, and what, he's only played four or five games? Three. I, I think they should just three. <laughs> there, thank you. Yeah. Um, and then we're playing these players that, like you said, they're not going to even be here next year, and they might not even be on an NBA team next year. And I, I just don't, I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. That, that's my take on it. Thank you, Rai Rai, and uh, hopefully you can get indoor, and then you can be dry, dry. Is this thing on? Yeah, <laughs> you can go ahead and leave. That was, I knew it was bad going into it, but I thought I'd go ahead with it. <laughs> Yeah, that's just. No, that's a good. That's my. That is right up my alley. Let's here. awkwardly it's limp so out to dumb. Zach in San Jose. <laughs> Zach in San Jose, can you help a brother right now? What's going on? Got to be better than that. How you doing there, gentlemen? Uh, better now that if you're on the phone. If he leaves and returns, he'll be back. <laughs> yeah. One thing I wanted to ask. Uh, obviously, it's obviously known that the Warriors aren't playing any defense this year. Do you think it would be better for them to maybe look at? Instead of maybe trying to have him play defense, or, you know, and and concentrating on that, what if they were to just take their hand off of the emergency break and floor it? And you know, instead of playing, trying to play defense, what if if if, if you can't stop them, maybe we can outscore them? You know, something like the you know like the Nuggets of the '80s where they scored 210 points a game. Yeah. You know, maybe they'd have a be- maybe they'd have a better chance that way. Yeah, thank you, Zach, and appreciate yeah. the call. It feels like they're trying to do that, but when you turn it over so much and you foul so much, and also, Kyle, 
when you don't have Steph Curry, who is the singular offensive force in the association, I don't think that you can really achieve success doing that. Also, they tried that last night. They shot 105 field goals to 86 for the Lakers, yeah. and they got smoked. Exactly. It just doesn't... that that. That's just not work. That that's not going to work. And Steve Kerr, I think, would would quit before he coached a team that was like, "Yeah, hey, run, don't play defense, don't get back, it's fine." But you can't do that when you don't have Steph Curry. And that's even if you wanted to do that. And honestly, Kyle, this team has kind of emulated that approach all year. You are number one in pace. You are number one in three point field goals attempted. You are number what two or three. In points per game. So you've actually tried to play that way. You don't defend. You turn it over and foul a bunch. And you find yourself a game below 500. 888 A lot of people want to jump in. Phone lines are open for you. Kyle Madsen's in for Mark Willard. This update brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking. No compromises. Your calls and we'll hear from Steve Kerr. On the other side, it's Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. Dante, left side, no good. Rebound tipped out by Kaminga for some reason. Ball, Vanderbilt to Reeves, he'll drive and score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're in a timeout, and this game is out of control now for the Warriors. I liked our energy early, and then I think we got a little demoralized, you know, a couple times in the game when things didn't go our way. I didn't, I didn't think we were poised enough at key stretches, and we let things slip from us, and so we lost that energy. So we've got to find it quickly because uh, obviously we got another game tomorrow night. It's JP with the Golden State Warriors. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Well, JP, uh, that's a miss like uh, you did 10 times last night. I'm just kidding. It's not Willard and Dibbs. Wow. Kyle Madsen in for Mark Willard. Mark Willard <laughs> back on Monday. I did. It was a cheap shot. I took it, and that's why I'm top five on the mean rankings, Kyle. A cheap shot that you took? What are you, Clay? Seriously? Right? <laughs> Am I right? Shoots it a lot. Yeah, they, uh, they both uh, struggled last night from the floor. Clay, 8 of 19. Jordan Poole, 3 of 13. A combined 11 of 32. Warriors lose 124-111 and dip below 500 again. I have a comparison I want to throw at you. Okay, do it. And coming up, we go to the phones, 888-957-9570. How you feeling, Dub Nation? 23 games left to go. Are you ready to go Wishnowski or Jesse Jackson? Keep hope alive. I'm glad you said Wishnowski. He's a punter. Because I want to bring up the 49ers. The 2021 49ers, it felt like we're in a very similar spot to where the Warriors are now. Now, granted, it was a little earlier in the season, but we're having the same kind of conversations. They get blown out by the Cardinals at home, by Colt McCoy and the Cardinals at home, to fall to 3-5. and five. And it was like, start Trey Lance over Jimmy. This is, again, two years ago. It's yeah, Trey's yeah, rookie yeah. year. Start Trey Lance over Jimmy. Play all the young players. What's Trey Sermon up to? Get everybody, get every young player in. And Kyle Shanahan said... Not doing that until we feel like it's over. Exactly. Exactly. And they went on a run. 
is that what do you think that's that do you think that's happening with the Warriors now? Do Absolutely. You think there's a run to happen where Steve Kerr's like, I'm not unloading the bench until we are mathematically done. Of course. And by unload the bench, you mean play the youngsters. And Steve yes. Kerr has not shown much of a willingness to, quote, play the youngsters. Jonathan Kaminga is playing now because he's earned those minutes. He didn't play a lot early on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bonte and others have been critical of Steve Kerr for not playing him early on. But he went with the vets early. And it took Jonathan Kaminga a long time to earn minutes. You don't get minutes in the NBA. You earn minutes. And Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb, that's an interesting one because they were given minutes maybe more than they earned minutes, but you had no choice. Jonathan Kaminga now has earned the minutes. Moses Moody's an interesting one because he hasn't obviously earned the minutes. And you watch him last night, even in garbage time, flashes of brilliance, and flashes of, oh, I can see why Steve Kerr doesn't trust him, all encapsulated in that fourth quarter, which was as low leverage of playing time as you could possibly have for Moses Moody. So I think you're right. Now, if Steph comes back after six games, Andrew Wiggins, we don't know. Let's say they go 0-6 over the next six games, and then Steph Curry is ready to go. Warriors are then 29-36. and They're probably the 12 seed, maybe they're the 13 seed. At that point, you probably give one last push to see if you can get back in the mix, at which point you shut it down, and it's Moody, PBJ, and Kaminga the rest of the way. So to your point, Niners are 3-5. and That's not a time to completely shut it down. They still Mm -hmm. were only... What two games out or a game and a half out of first yeah, in the it was West? Just, it was more. It was more how bad they looked getting to that three and five right mark, and that's why that's why the Warriors comp comes in because like mathematically, yeah, they're still in there. I, I mean, they're they're what like three games out of the six seed, two games out of the six seed right, right. now. Like they're they're right there. Well, they win five in a row and they are in firmly in the mix. But I look at this the way I looked at that Niners team where it was like, God, it just now the Niners were. Different, little bit. It's not apples to apples, but it's the same kind of vibe where it's like, man, I right. just don't know if this team is good. Like, but yeah, one game in the NFL in it, is worth about five games sure. in the NBA, right. just yeah. based on the number of games you play. So, to your point, three and five is like the Warriors maybe being eighteen and twenty-two. Right. You win a couple games, all of a sudden now you surge a lot right. faster. Uh, David and San Leandro disagrees with uh, your notion about where the Warriors are. Then David, what's on. going on? The, the ship is sinking, gentlemen. Um, the ship uh, be sinking is the appropriate way to uh, say that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it, it all came to me last night, like Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind. Um, it was Monty Poole's interview and then something that Iggy said about the vets being basically disrespected that you could even think of doing a two-timeline and saying you've got generational players, you can't just replace them with Jordan Poole or Moody or Kaminga or Wiseman and the Bob Meyer stuff and Steve Kerr not playing rookies. I think uh, Lakeup said we're going to, I'm light years ahead of everybody and we're going to make this thing work and the vets wanted to trade all the young guys to get one last push and now it's it's not going to end well. Um, that, that's my feeling. I haven't given up hope yeah. on this season. But, but this thing is going to end really, really bad. Thank you, David. It, uh, it's trending toward ending really, really bad as opposed to the way last year ended where they got everyone healthy, they were all rested, and they went on a run. They got hot at the end of the regular year, and they went on a run, and they were champions. This one feels more like the year where, I guess it was, uh, what would that be, two years ago, where they kind of scuffled their way into the play-in tournament lost two games in the play-in, and that was going to be it for the season. So, I have a question. Go ahead. When David said this is going to end really, really bad, has a has a dynastic type of run ever ended well? Like, how do you how does it end well? How are you like, oh, yeah. Like, because you're not going to well, win titles. Well, the Bulls' like, dynasty end well? In that they won a chip, and, and then, then, then that was it. And then face-planted, and it was gone. Well, the, so, the organization face-planted. Right. Jordan went on to own Washington, and Scott Pipen went on to go play for Houston, and sure. Dennis Rodman started wearing wedding dresses. Well, no, but that's what I'm, t- I'm talking about for the Bulls. Like ah, okay. individually, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. 
And that's what the Warriors get. They won it last year, and maybe it's just kind of maybe they just go off into the wind. But the idea that like, hey, this can end really well. Like, that just doesn't happen. No, it usually doesn't. Because it's so hard to thread that needle between, like, okay, we're contending, we're fitting in these young players enough that they're developing. Okay, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, you guys move out. Kaminga, Moody, and and Wiseman, you guys move in. Okay, we're still contending. That just doesn't happen. It's it's almost impossible, yeah. Yeah, so trying to be like, they did this wrong, they did that wrong. They've made some missteps along the way, but it's not like they... They did something that every other team hasn't done. And they had two courses to chart this year, and really they only had one course to chart. When you've got a veteran team coming off of a championship, still in the championship window, you just weren't going to go in and start playing the young guys a bunch and making sure you got them experience so that in two to three years, darn it, we're still a good team. That's not the way it goes in the NBA, and even in any sport. And you made the point about Trey Lance. Kyle Shanahan wasn't going to, at 3-5, and five, say, we're going to make sure we get Trey Lance some snaps here right. to make sure he's ready in a year or two. Right. He wanted to win that very next week. The one thing that I'm a little bit alarmed by is the way they've come out of the break. And Steve Kerr spoke to this last night as to the way they came out of the All-Star break. You know, a couple of times in the game when things oh, didn't go our way. I, didn't, I, didn't think I liked our energy early, and then I think we got a little demoralized, you know, a couple of times in the game when things didn't go our way. I didn't, I didn't think we were poised enough at key stretches, and we let things slip from us. And so we lost that energy. So we've got to find it quickly because, uh, obviously, we've got another game tomorrow night. Got to find it quickly, Kyle. They've and been that having- game uh, is tonight. I'm sorry. Steve Kerr, by the way, on with uh, Damon and Ratto today at 5 o'clock. Great tease. Thank you. <laughs> Neither Damon nor Ratto will be here, but the show is Damon and Ratto. They've been You're needing welcome. to find that energy for two months. Yeah. Like, that's that's what I keep coming up against. I want to be optimistic. But man. the fact that they didn't have it coming out of the break, to me, was especially galling. Right. Because you had nine days off, and you had a total of zero NBA All-Star participants. Right. Even in the rookie-sophomore game that I don't even think is the rookie-sophomore game. Challenge, come on. They ruined it. It was great when it was East against West, rookies against sophomores, celebrities against celebrities. That was all good. They have ruined it. Uh, Charles is in Louisiana. He wants to talk about last night's game. We're going to the phones, Kyle. No, it's fine. Charles, what's going on? How's Louisiana? Uh, Louisiana is fine. And I, I think that looking at the game last night, we didn't have Wiggins. We didn't have Steph. If I was a bet man... Uh, I would have put the Lakers. The Lakers needed the game more than, than we did last night. We in the 30-column loss column right now. In the fourth spot, it's 28. The team has 28 losses. So the Warriors is still in it. And what I'm saying is that y'all saying about the Warriors this, the Warriors that. What the other teams are saying that's playing uh, close to 500. So the Warriors still got a chance. Yeah, they do. Thank you, Charles. And you're right about the loss column. Clippers are the four at 28. Phoenix is the five at 28. Dallas is the six at 29. Minnesota's got 30. New Orleans has 30. The Warriors have 30. The Jazz have 31. The Thunder have 30. And the Blazers have 31. It's an absolute mash of mediocrity. And that's what that's the thing is he said, what are the other teams saying who are around the Warriors right now? Okay, let's run down what the teams are saying. Phoenix, 32 and 28, they're saying, hey, we just got Kevin Durant. Dallas is saying, hey, we just got Kyrie Irving. We, we're going to mix this up. Minnesota is just happy to be here. New Orleans, happy to be here with no with no Zion Williamson. Utah was tank Utah traded Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. They're doing the Danny Ainge tank, get the picks, and they're just, they're hanging around. They're at five hundred. They're thirty and thirty one, yeah. the nine seed ahead of the Warriors right now. Oklahoma City, happy to be here. They have eleven picks in the first round of the next four drafts. And they're hanging around 500. All of these teams have things to look forward to. The Warriors and were doing this. Don't sleep on the scope. Lakers, by the way, who are only two back of the Warriors now in the loss column. Don't and sleep on them. I have not slept on them. Some have slept on the Lakers, but the Lakers are still going to be heard from. The Lakers are at least appearing to be a team interested in pushing for a playoff spot. And yeah. Charles from Louisiana is right. The Lakers came out and they wanted it more. But let's look at the Warriors' schedule upcoming. Let's play the schedule game in terms of want. Mm -hmm. Tonight, Houston Houston wants to lose. I'm going to give the Warriors the win based on the very fact that the Rockets don't want to win this basketball game. 
But Minnesota is a team, as you mentioned, ahead of the Warriors. They're pushing for it. Portland is a mess, but they're at that same spot as the Warriors where they need to start winning soon mm-hmm. or this thing gets away from them. L.A., New Orleans, and L.A., and OKC, and Memphis, and Milwaukee, and Phoenix, and L.A., those are the eight games after Portland, all of whom are 500 or better or around 500, all of whom are still fancying themselves as playoff teams. So in right. terms of the want-ometer, you're going to be up against teams who want it as much, if not more, than you. And that's the thing is, like, yeah, there was no Steph and no Wiggins last night, but when you hear Steve Kerr talk about energy, those are the guys who are playing right now who should be coming out with the most energy, who are trying to fight for minutes, who are trying to crack the rotation in the playoffs. And they just didn't. It was just bleh. It's and this isn't a it was not a blah performance from a team that's twenty five games over and cruising and coasting into the postseason. This is a team that's like fighting. They need every single win they can get exactly. and they just looked disinterested last night. Well Clay Thompson addressed that notion that uh, Steve Kerr thought they lacked interest. This is Clay Thompson last night in the postgame. I agree with Steve. Um you combat that by Leaning on your teammates, being loud on defense, not fouling. I thought we fouled too many shooters. Just being a dog, I think, uh, you know, that lies on the older guys like myself and Draymond to will these young guys to play with that ferocity we might have missed in the second half. I'm glad he takes ownership for that uh, ferocity and empowering the younger guys to play with the dog in him because especially in that third quarter where the game got away from him, it seemed to me from my eye watching it on TV on the laptop that the Lakers wanted that game a lot more. Yeah, and I think, I mean, John Ireland told you and and Willard this yesterday. Like, this game means more for L.A. than it does for Golden State. And that's fine. And I did not go into last night thinking like, oh yeah, the Warriors have got this. Because no Steph, no Wiggins. That's, That's a tough spot to be in. But on the other hand... Steve Kerr said, like, we came out with good energy, and then whatever word he used, we, we got, we got, I forget the exact phrasing, but he more or less said, like, yeah, we just kind of got down in the dumps and just stopped playing. Like, this group cannot do that. Yeah. They're not good enough to afford to do that. And you don't have the buffer that you had last year when you started 18-2. and two. Exactly. This year, you're, I'm fighting for my life, as I borrow from, uh, from a great guru Ism triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Where are you at with this Warrior team after a demoralizing loss? T Bone and Berkeley is going to cheer us up, Kyle. Oh, thank God. T Bone, what's going on? Can you cheer us up? I can. Hey, man, it's the end of the world as we know it, but I feel fine, like nice. REM said. Um, we're going to get Curry, Wiggins, and GP three back for the playoffs. We did turn it on last year. The one thing the Warriors have that no other team in the West has, well, very few, is winning playoff experience. That was five finals in a row we went to. We crushed teams. We ruined Memphis, the Clippers. Who else did we destroy back in the day? Just crushed them. They broke Houston. the teams up. They couldn't deal with it. Nobody else has that but us. That's true. Hell yeah. Thank you, T-Bone. I appreciate it. I, I wish I was more cheered up than uh, than I actually am because at some point – you don't have that ability to just show up and crush teams. And you mentioned it before, Kyle, in the Western Conference. If you look around what's happened just since the All-Star break, what team ahead of the Warriors still trembles when they see Golden State on their postseason schedule? None of them. Zero of the players. And that's what... I don't want this to come across like... I don't want it to... I don't want it to sound like this is a problem, like this ruins the last decade of Warriors basketball like no it's nothing dramatic like that but within the scope of this year they're just not they're just not that team anymore and that's understandable like that's fine going back to back is hard to win back to back titles in the NBA is really difficult to do to do it in the fourth and fifth years after your last back to back is like teams just don't do that with the same core like that just doesn't that just doesn't happen right so I like I understand and it's it's understandable where the Warriors are at, but it's still like it's so so frustrating, especially when you just look up and down the West and it's like, man, they are this close. Exactly, it's right there for the taking in terms of you know the Clippers are the four seed and you're only three games behind the Clippers right now and you're only two games back of the six, which would keep you out of the play-in scenario. Yet 
you know, we, we talk about it a lot. You know, this team has never lost a playoff series with Draymond, Steph, and Clay all healthy. And we may not even get a chance to put that to the test this year mm-hmm. because you don't know if Steph, Clay, and Draymond will all be healthy. Anthony Slater on the morning roast earlier today did give an update on Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins and their possible returns. Yeah, I mean, I think Steph feels the urgency of the moment. And, you know, they, they just kicked his timeline out a week. He's going to miss these next three games. I think he's going to try to get back as quick as possible. Uh, we're going to see how his leg responds to increased workload. You know, Rick Celebrini is notoriously careful with this stuff. So, you know, but I know Steph is going to try to get back soon. I don't know if that'll be four games from now or six or seven games from now, but it's coming relatively soon. Wiggins, you know, it's, it's it's very much a who knows uh, around the team right now. This, is, this situation is being kept very private. There's people who you'd probably expect to know what's going on. Right. Don't necessarily know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, you know, from my understanding, you won't see him tonight, uh, and they don't really know when you'll see him again. Man, that's uh, just disappointing. And our thoughts are with Andrew Wiggins as he tries to work through whatever personal off-court challenge he has. And Anthony Slater there with an update on Steph. He won't play in the next three, which is tonight against Houston, and then the home games against Minnesota and Portland. I've long targeted March 2nd against the Clippers as the date that I thought that he would return to the floor. But again, he's right about Rick Celebrini and his conservative conservative approach to players returning from injury. Would it surprise you? We've been kind of circling March 7th today. Like, we've just been like, yeah, that game at OKC, that's about, like, a date for Steph's return. Would it shock you if they just waited until March 11th when they were at home against the Bucks? It wouldn't shock me. Nothing would shock me, but that would be a bit of a gut punch because then you're looking at eight more games yeah. between now and then, including the Clippers and the Lakers and Memphis, Minnesota, another team that's ahead of you in the standings. I don't know how how much more you can survive without Steph Curry, and the Andrew Wiggins one to me is even more troubling because we just don't know his status. Yeah, I and and it's tough because they need him, but also like life is just so much more important than what happens on a of basketball course, court. Of course. So our thoughts and support are with, with Andrew and his family and whatever he has going on, but the long, yeah, they, they he has turned into a player on this team that if they're going to contend, they cannot exist without him. Right. He's their... He's their best wing defender. He's their best second option on on or the best top option for their second unit offensively. Right. Like they just they they need him and I mean maybe he's back tomorrow, maybe he's not back for 6 weeks. I have to, I yeah, nobody knows. You could survive without one of the big 4, but when you're missing two of them and for a long stretch, that's where you get into a difficult spot. The Warriors have dropped Four of five. I, I'm starting to get closer to panic, but Nick and Berkeley is going to get us off of the edge. Oh, Nick, what's going on? Why shouldn't we panic? <laughs> because Steve Kerr is 93 and 34 in the playoffs as a coach. That's why. And he did the same thing last year. I told y'all he was laying in the weeds. He was playing games with the little injury reports. Stop suing everybody. Y'all carry this. And now he's going to come back in a couple of days. And then, you know, delay it a couple of days. It's all mind games, man. He's the Zen master. Nobody can out-coach him. The talent is not that separated in the NBA. But it boils down to the X's and O's. And does your team believe in the coach? And these other players know when they go up against Kerr, he's going to pull out that playoff playbook and dial up wins, baby, because that's all he does. Nick, so what's, all you what's his record, say, Nick, in, in, the, in the play-in? Now, forget the playoffs. What's his record in the play-in, which is where they currently sit? Oh. Well, I mean, I don't know about what the record is in the oh, play-in. 0-2 oh, you know is the answer, Nick. But thank you for the phone call. And I, I appreciate you trying to get us off the ledge. And uh, He's right about Steve Kerr and his playoff record. He's been unbelievable in the playoffs. And if this team can get into the play-in, and then eventually get into the playoffs, I don't think any of us would automatically say, well, you're the 8th seed, you can't beat Denver, or you're the seven, you can't beat Memphis. Of course they can, sure. and I would like their chances as a 7 or an 8 ahead of any other 7 and 8 maybe in history. Totally agree. I'm right there with you. But when we're hearkening back to last year, which is the popular thing to do right now. They can win a title because look at what they did last year. Last year they were the three seed. Do you know what they did on February 24th last year? This On this date last year? They probably won. 
Yeah, they they <laughs> they pounded the Blazers one thirty two to ninety five in Portland. That moved their record to forty three and seventeen. Yeah, forty three and seventeen. Denver, by the way, is forty two and eighteen. Right, they were six games clear <laughs> of Memphis man. as the one seed. That's nuts. And so, last year they got to forty three and seventeen. And they probably were the two at that point, mm-hmm. or maybe the three. They ended up as the three, but this is a whole different West this year. So they get to forty three and seventeen, and then went five and and five and twelve over their next seventeen before winning their final five and finishing fifty three and twenty nine. A lot of no Steph in that stretch right. too. A lot of no Steph. Draymond was banged up for a stretch in there. So. Like this isn't this isn't that stretch at the end of last year where it was like, hey, they're not playing well. They're five and twelve in their last seventeen, but look, they were forty three and seventeen. Right. There's nothing to fall back on like that. And I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not the kind of fan that's going to fall back on last year. Look at what they did last year. I get the pedigree thing, and that's why I agree with you. If they're the eight seed and they get in and they're playing Denver in in round one, I'm like, yeah, the Warriors can absolutely win that. They got series a puncher's chance and win any series that they're in. But right now, where we sit on February 24th, with who they have available, and you look at their schedule, right. and what they need to do, it's hard to feel supremely confident, despite the history. Yeah, to me, this season, in a nutshell, is what happened when they were 15-18, and 18. they came home for the eight-game homestand, and they won the first five games to get to 20-18, and 18, and we all thought, okay, here we go. Lost to Detroit, lost to Orlando, lost to Phoenix... Back under 500, took all the air out of the balloon. This team has not been able to go on a real run. They've not been able to sustain sustain success. And now you don't have Steph for the next week, and we don't know about Andrew Wiggins. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Where are you with this Golden State Warrior team with 23 games left to go? We are here for you today. It's Willard and Dibs. Kyle Matson in for Mark Willard. This is brought to you by... AC Transit, your phone calls next, right here on 95.7 The Game. Gotta be better than that, Coach. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.